for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. We are delighted to have you, and we welcome you, those of you who are joining us by television or joining us at airjesus.com. Certainly delighted to have you. Stay tuned to today's message. We are concluding a mini-series that we started a couple of weeks ago, dealing with our discipline. Dealing with discipline, and I really like a quote that we shared, that only the disciplined ever get really good at anything. Only the disciplined ever get really good at anything. So keep that in your mind and heart uh, as we culminate this series on discipline. Well, if you would um, open your Bibles up to the book of Second Peter, Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter one is Second Peter is near the end of the New Testament. So you can really flip to Revelations and then flip back to the left just a few books and you'll run into First and Second Peter. But we want to look at Second Peter. Second Peter there. <clears throat> when you get there, say Amen. Second Peter. And we'll just read, um, we'll begin with chapter 1 and we'll just read down through verse number um, 10, verses 1 through 10. Second Peter, verses 1 through 10. Ready? Let's read together in unison. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature." having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, though rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never and I want to focus uh, in on um, I want to focus in on verse number five and verse number six here. He's talking about our faith life, and he gives us a, a list of things that we are to add to our faith. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of like if 
your life was a car, you know, a car just can't run on an, just an engine alone. There are some other things that their car needs to operate. And so he kind of looks at our lives, our life of faith this way, that faith is the engine. But there are some other things that the, a car needs to be able to run. It needs a battery. And so, it, you know, it needs some tires. It needs some hoses. You know, and there are some cables and wiring. You need an electrical system. You know, there are some other systems that are needed for a car to run. And likewise, there are some other systems needed in our lives for our lives to be effective and productive and successful and to be complete and for us to be fruitful. And so he's saying, don't just don't just have faith and stop right there. There are some things you need to add to your faith. And so notice um, he uh, he begins in verse five there. He says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now, virtue, uh, I would call is simply character It's character. So he's saying add some character literally means moral excellence. Add some moral excellence. It also means honor. Honor. Add some honor to your life. Make sure you are an honorable person. So not just faith alone. Make sure you are, you are an honorable person. You keep your word. You have some integrity. You have character. You have moral excellence. You have some moral energy in your life. And then he, he leaves there, he says, and to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. He says to us, continue to grow. Don't just get born again. Don't just have faith in God. That's not enough. You need knowledge. You need to grow. Go to school. Educate yourself. Continue to grow. Continue to grow. Be a lifelong Learner, Learn from the experiences of other people. You don't have to make the same mistakes. So um, he says, add knowledge. Add knowledge. Grow. Grow. Develop yourself. Grow. Uh, educate yourself. Go to school. Do what you need to do. Add knowledge. Add knowledge. And then he goes on from there to knowledge, verse 6, and to knowledge, temperance which is self-control, or as we have talked about in this series, we've called it discipline. Isn't it odd that Peter says, you need discipline. You need more than just faith. You need more than just faith. You need more than just knowledge. You need more than just honor. He said, you need to add some discipline here. You need to add some discipline. You need to discipline yourself. You need to discipline yourself. And... So he, he tells us to add discipline, add discipline, add discipline to your life of faith. I like this because uh, for so long we have just run off with simply just faith, just believe in God. Well, I, believe in God is not enough. He's telling you right here, there are some things you need to add to that. You need to discipline yourself. You need to bring yourself under control. You need to train yourself. You need to prepare yourself. See, he's given us some hints. There's more to the life of faith than just faith. There's more to being a Christian than just faith, than just believing God. No, there are some things you need to do. There are some things you need to do. Prepare yourself. 
Prepare yourself. And so he says, discipline yourself. Add discipline. Add discipline. And notice um, he goes right behind discipline. And then he says to temperance, patience. Now this word patience here, he's not talking about sitting around waiting. He's not talking about waiting. Patience here is translated perseverance. Perseverance. And I like to call perseverance stick to if that's a word, stick to Add some stick to to your discipline. Add some, and, and it's like he's saying, stick to your discipline. Notice, because he, he talks about this stick to right after discipline. After he told you to add discipline, now he's saying stick to it. You need to stick to the discipline. Your discipline, stick. And so that's my subject, stick to it. Turn to your neighbor and say, stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to it. So he, he tells us now to add this stick to to our discipline. I like Albert Hubbard. His definition of discipline is doing what you should do when you should do it. Whether you feel like it or not. Doing what, you, doing what you should do, when you should do it, whether you feel like it or not. That's discipline. That's, see, that's adding some stick to to it. He's adding something to that discipline there. Um, that th- th- discipline is required because... This is not easy. Life isn't easy. And if you will be hard on yourself, life will be easy on you. If you will be hard on yourself, life will be easy on you. And so he's saying add some stick to Stick to it. Stick to your discipline. Stick to your discipline. Stick to your discipline. You know, it's not hard starting something. It's hard sticking to something. It's not hard to start a diet, is it? I mean, it wasn't hard to start the 14-day fast that the pastor had available. It wasn't hard to start that. The problem was sticking to it. (laughs) It wasn't hard to start it. It's not hard to start an exercise program. It's not hard to start one, is it? I was, I had a friend of mine and, and we were, we were, I, I like to do a lot of bike riding and, and uh, so I go out on a regular basis and I ride 30 miles on my bike. And so I had a friend who was joining me and so on his first time, I mean, he was so excited. He bought a new outfit. He had all the bike gear. He bought a new bike, new shirt, new, sh- I mean, he looked like he was on a tour de France. He looked like he was a world champion biker, expensive bike, all the paraphernalia. And we rode the first time and he enjoyed it. He, he was so pumped up. He asked me, he said, how many times a week can we do this? And, I, you know, I didn't want him to get over excited. I said, I said, you know, he, was, he said, can we do this two or three times a week? I said, hey, I, I said, once a week is, is really fine. That's really enough. He, he, he said, can we do this two or three? And so he was just pumped and hyped. So we rode together two or three times, and I haven't seen him since. <laughs> In fact, last I saw him, he told me he had given his bike away. 
So it's not, it's not the starting that's hard. It's the stick-to-itiveness. Turn to your neighbor and say, stick to it. Stick to it. I, we ought to be like, somebody said we ought to be like a postage stamp. A postage stamp sticks with the thing till it gets there. Turn to your neighbor and say, hello, postage stamp. <laughs> we ought to have some stick-to-itiveness. Stick with it. Stick with it. Don't just start and stop, start. No, stick with it. That's why I said, add patience to your discipline. Add perseverance. Add stick-to-itiveness to your discipline. You, you, you've done the right thing by setting up a discipline. Now stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to it. Stick to it. Henry Fosdick, he said, no life ever grows great until it is focused, dedicated, and disciplined. No life ever grows great until it is dedicated, focused, and disciplined. Disciplined. You show me anyone great, and I'll show you someone who's disciplined. They go together. They go together. I enjoyed reading. I, was, I had been reading a little bit on the, the life of... Uh, the life of John Wesley, one of the fathers of the Christian faith, and he is uh, a, a well-regarded, well-respected legend of Christianity and of preaching the gospel. And uh, and I read a little bit of his life that, and I, I begin to see why he was so great. I want you to hear a little bit of his discipline. John Wesley traveled an average of 20 miles a day. For 40 years, and this is back in the days where travel is not, you know, as conducive and easy as it is today. But back in that day, he traveled 20 miles a day for 40 years. He got up every morning at 4 a.m. He preached 40,000 sermons. He produced 400 books and knew 10 languages. At the age of 83... He was annoyed because he couldn't write more than 15 hours a day without hurting his eyes. And at the age of 86, he was ashamed that he couldn't preach more than twice a day. He complained in his diary that there was an increasing tendency to lie in bed until 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> See, it's a, it's a person who learns the power of self-discipline who becomes great. No wonder we celebrate John Wesley today. And it's because of the discipline that the man had. So here years and years, generations later, John Wesley is still an icon for being a mighty man of God and a mighty preacher. And it's all because he's remembered because of his discipline. I like that. That was encouraging. That, that lets us know we never get too old to be disciplined. He was 86 years old, angry because he could only preach twice a day. 83 years old, angry because he could only write 15 hours a day before his eyes begin to hurt. So let us know that even discipline, I, I believe that there's something, when you're, when you're so disciplined, 
and you're so tapped into your purpose in life that it'll keep you alive and well. There's something, there's something about when you tap into your purpose and you're disciplined in your purpose and you go after your purpose with all that you have, there's something about it. I believe it releases a power that keeps us alive longer and vibrant and in hell. He was alive and full of passion and purpose in his life. But he was disciplined. He was disciplined. He was disciplined. He was disciplined in his life. And so this discipline that we're, we're talking about, when he said add to your faith discipline and persevere, some stick to he's talking about some dedication, some commitment, some focus, sacrifice. Willing, you have to sacrifice to be great. You're not great haphazardly. You have to make sacrifices to become great in any field of endeavor. It takes discipline. More than just faith, it takes discipline. You have to have disciplined action. Dis- disciplined actions. You have to be willing to pay the price to be great. Here's something else that. This self-control, this discipline, this discipline life teaches us. And uh, from studying uh, the Apostle Paul, I begin to see clearly that this discipline life always has positive goals. It always has positive goals. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, he said there are many runners in a race, but only one who receives the prize. And so he said, run that you may obtain. See, that was the goal. The prize was the goal. He's saying, there's a goal. The, the reason we train and discipline, we're going after something. We're running for the goal. Run to win the prize. The goal is to win the prize. That's the goal. Winning the prize is the goal. And in Philippians 3.13, he says, I press... Toward the mark or the goal, I press toward the mark or the goal for the prize. See, notice, he's, he's, he always has a goal. He always, it's the goal that causes him to discipline his life. The goal causes, uh, one translation where it says, I press toward the mark. The word mark literally means that which my eyes are fixed upon. See, your eyes got to be fixed on something. It has to be a goal. There has to be goals bring focus to our lives. If you have no goals, you have no focus. You have no focus. So goals give us focus. They give us something to, to focus on. Goals help us to focus our time. Goals help us to focus our energy. Goals help us to focus our efforts. Goals help us to focus our money, our time, our efforts, our energy, and our money. We focus when there is a goal. Your goals should be measurable. They should be specific. There should be a a start time and a finish time. Uh, one particular writer I was reading after, he calls them SMART goals. SMART, S-M-A-R-T. Specific, measurable, attainable, 
realistic, and they should have a timetable. That spells SMART, S-M-A-R-T. They should be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and they should have a timetable. So our goals should be SMART. Turn to your neighbor and say, our goals should be SMART. And so when we have a goal, it focuses us. It, focus, it, it brings focus to our lives. And when you have something you're focusing on, it makes it easier to sacrifice. The pain of sacrifice is not as great when you're focusing on something. See, Paul was shipwrecked, beaten, stoned. He was, he was robbed. He was uh, jailed. He, I mean, he went through all of these. And, you know, he said, I'm pressing for the mark. See, his eyes were still on something. They, they didn't deter him. He was focused on something. The Bible says that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Jesus had his eyes on something. That's what enabled him to endure the suffering of the cross. Jesus was looking ahead. He was looking ahead. He had his eyes on something. He had a goal. He was focused on something. And that caused him to be able to go through the misery of the cross because he didn't, he wasn't thinking about the misery of the cross. He was looking ahead. Your goals. You have to set a goal. So goals bring focus. In our lives. Number one, decide exactly what it is you want in a specific area. You ought to know exactly where you want to be. That's number one. Know where you want to be. What is it you really want in a specific area? That's number one. That's your major goal. That becomes one of your major goals. What is it I want in my health? What is it I want in my finances? What is, what is it I want in my relationship? What is it I want? Where do you want to be? That's your goal. You set your goal. Number two, you write it down. Turn your neighbor and say, write it down. There was an interesting article a couple of years ago, a few years ago in the USA Today. They did a study of people who had set New Year's resolutions the year before. And they said that the people who didn't write them down, only 4% followed through on their goals. The people who did write them down, 46% carried them out. So just by writing your goals down, multiply their effectiveness 1,000%. Write them down. Know what they are, number one. Write them down, number two. Number three, write down the specific daily actions you need to take and check them off each day. You need a list of daily actions. See, you are what you do daily. Your life only changes as you change what you do every day. It's the daily actions that bring permanent change into your life. So write down a list of specific actions toward the attainment of your goals that you can do every day. Make, write a list and at the end of each day you check them off one by one as you accomplish those. You do that on a daily basis. And the fourth thing Post them somewhere you see them. You can't, you can't put this in a notebook under your bed. No, you gotta, you gotta post them, put them on the refrigerator. You, Cause you will go in the refrigerator. <laughs> put them on, the, put them on your mirror. Pastor Nathaniel, he puts his on the home page of his computer screen. So every time he logs on, bam, he's hit with the things that he must accomplish that day. Know them, write them down, specific actions you need to take every day. And post them somewhere where you will see them every day. 
We are out of time. Thank you all for joining us. I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message, message number 7325, in its entirety. You can also email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. Thank you so much for joining us here at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. This ends message number 7325 by C. Elijah Bronner. To hear other messages or to send this message number 7325 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 7325. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged the